1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for the Athletic, which means I was out at the training camp today, and the day did not go as expected. For the first time in camp, the focus was off was off the field versus what was happening on the field. Yes, we watched practice, but Ron Rivera spoke before practice began, had some curious comments to say in regards to Eric B. enemy and things took off from there to the point that the commanders were like, I was driving home tonight listening to, I want to say it was ESPN radio, and the second story of the day was what was coming out of Ashburn. Um, what was that? Well, we'll get to that in a second. In addition to my thoughts in a moment, uh, Bram Weinstein, voice of the commanders, joined me to discuss what he uh, had to think of of the day uh Rivera spoke also Eric the enemy talked today so a lot to get to there plus Bram and I did discuss some actual things going on with this team how we think they look now just a few days ahead of the preseason opener so I'll get to that in a moment here on the standard Groom only podcast hit that subscribe button if you're an iTunes person Spotify whatever you do hit that subscribe button and you won't miss anything because we've been we've got a lot to do here. Uh, needless to say, the first preseason game this Friday at Cleveland. And then it's just going to keep rolling from there. I also broke down my view of what happened today and why it happened today on The Athletic. You can check that out. I will also have my first 53 roster player roster projection Uh It'll be sort of serving as my preview for the Cleveland game. That will be this week. So make sure you sign up for the athletic to get a look at that and everything else that we have on the site. Um, Look, <laughs> it was a weird, weird day. Um, Let me get to some of the weird before I bring Bram in. All right. So let me just set this up for you. Set the scene for you. Practice is nine o'clock most days of the week. They've only, you know, basically since the first day of camp, they've only had one, uh, two off days. It's been, we're on practice 12. So 12 practices in 14 days. The More recent ones have included pads and so on. And the way that generally works is uh, we get there um, as do the fans. And you guys were out there today. I believe you'll be out there tomorrow as well don't quote me on that uh but so there's we get there in the morning it's just for us just to get acclimated and do what work or whatever we need to do ron rivera will then typically talk immediately after practice followed by a player or two as well today though ron rivera spoke before practice so about 8 40 he comes into the media tent And, you know, we're having the standard conversation that we typically do. He updates us that about, hey, that they actually signed a a punter today who's wearing number zero. We're like, what's up with that? After Rivera told us yesterday that or on Monday that Tressway, despite some lower back tightness, would be playing in the game Friday. Well, Rivera pulled the okie doke on us. Tressway will be playing as a holder, not a punter. Okay, so we go through that. And we do ask a couple of uh, BNME questions, um, you know, some other random uh, topics as well. I did ask, by the way, about about extensions and is is anything progressed with that? He said, uh, you know, the ownership group is still working through that. Okay, We get to the last question. It goes around the room, gets to the last question. Again, he's already been asked about Bienemy in multiple ways, multiple times, including one about his what's his impact so far, and he gets asked a question uh, from um, Nikki Javala at the Post. But some essentially have players had any issues with adapting to Bienemy's intensity in practice. Uh, practices, the length can vary. They've been going longer lately. The last two days have now gone two and a half hours, which is a long time, but some of the players said they couldn't recall a longer practice since being with the team. Uh, Fortunately, today was a very, very nice day out. So relatively speaking, it wasn't one of these scorchers like we've had recently. Um, In any event, here's what Rivera had to say uh, about that. He said, yeah, they have. And one of the biggest things is I had a number of guys, a number, mind you, not not one, not two, a number. I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you. I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, Again, you're getting a different type of player from the players back in the past, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think those of you who pay attention to college football can kind of get that. So, a lot of these young guys, they do struggle with certain things. And uh we'll go on, uh, I'll skip ahead a little bit here. Well, actually, let me pause right there. So, this was the highlight of the day. This was what was getting the most attention that players were coming to Ron Rivera to express some concern about what what uh, how he's running practices. He was, sub- was uh, the follow-up question was did they feel like Eric essentially was, was uh, too tough on them? And he said, well, um, they were just a little concerned. bien style is very direct and he is very aggressive. You've heard us talk about it. You've seen people tweet about it and on radio discuss it, that you hear bien very loud and clear at practice. And it's not so much that he's quote unquote yelling at people. He's just very, Hey, He's always telling guys finish, basically to so the running backs, telling them even if you get hit, keep going, keep going, run to the end zone. Get used to, get used to that. He's not been afraid to call players out or the entire offense out at times. All, all these things. He's a very he's the one you hear at practice beyond Chase Young chirping or the players or today with the fans there, right that's not going to be a thing for everybody over the course of time. And and even back in May and, you know, back in minicamp and OTAs, like you could tell players w- like the intensity, but at the same time, I felt a couple of them were at least curious about it. Like not that they were looking at it side eye, but just sort of like, huh, this is interesting. Okay. It's not bad at all to be intense. So let's see where this goes. And now apparently Ron Rivera is telling us that it's going to the principal's office. That he was at, he was said, Hey, what's going on? Now, he didn't specify when this happened, he didn't specify how many it happened, he didn't really say how worried they were, concerned, like, yeah, you know, all these kinds of things. He said, to say a little concerned, but you know, all that. But also, it's like, What, well, why is he telling us any of this? And Bram and I talked about this aspect, so I don't want to step on that too much in terms of the notion of was it intentional, was it a slip of the tongue. I think it was intentional but Bram and I will get into that in a minute. But then he continued and I think the part that he continued to is what stood out to me and again Bram and I get into this as well and this is a sort of the basis of what I wrote today on the athletic. Uh Rivera continues uh quote uh so as a so as a coach I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Um I'll just jump in here and say we can criticize Rivera if we want about certain coaching things. I do think he's done a good job of connecting with the players. I think they played hard for him every year. They start slow, but they pick it up quickly in the middle of the year. And I really have not heard players complain about the head coach. Okay. Um, so to continue with Rivera. Quote, Eric has an approach and it's the way he does things. And it's not going to change because he believes in it. Jack he mentions Jack Del Rio has his approach having been a head coach. I think Jack has a tendency to try to figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, Hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be that type of stuff. Eric hasn't had that experience yet. End quote. I think that part's getting overlooked and Bram and I will go into it in greater detail, but why the need to say some of that? I I do think that, you know, Rivera has, I wouldn't say going out on a limb for enemy because obviously there's a lot of people out there who think the, the Washington got a steal in getting B enemy. That's debatable from the standpoint of I don't think enemy had other options. He could have, I think, stayed in Kansas City, but probably I don't know if they would have been had a lesser role, but you know, you see if you've been watching the network uh sorry, the Netflix series quarterback, you know, enemy is not really. focal point or or really a a player at all you see Mahomes talking to Matt Nagy more than the and my stance has been that I think the it was either he stays in Kansas City in some sort of reduced role or he comes here I don't think anybody else was pursuing him certainly not as a head coach and nobody else was looking at him really as an offensive coordinator so that Rivera would say this if my interpretation of this is is accurate and I will just say that I don't have any reason to think that it's not. I think that's also very interesting. I mean, at the end of the day. Oh, so then let me, let me add one more component here. So the coincidentally enough has it's his turn. He's not spoken to the media since training camp began. He has not spoken to us. I think since like may something like that. And it's now his turn to talk. So, the fact that Rivera, we ask about the enemy pretty much every day in some in some capacity, or at least there's enough of a question that that the head coach, who's you know he's 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 been around a press conference or a million in his life, could easily pivot to and get something off of his chest at any point if he wanted to, but he chose to do it today. I mean, unless coincidentally the players went and spoke to him yesterday, I, I seems unlikely. But um, you know, he went and did that so. Um, the enemy comes off the field. I believe the team PR staff lets him know, Hey, here's what's happened. you've <laughs> been on the field and the enemy then decides to, or he goes into the, to the press conference and he maintains who he is. He is definitely not, he is the enemy. There's no, you know, he, there's no uh, parlor tricks here going on. He is who he is. He's not trying to pretend to be somebody that he's not. And, you know, you got to respect that um, on, on, as a, on a human level, for sure. But so he's asked about the situation. He's asked several questions about it. Um, but here's one part I thought was interesting. He's asked, essentially, does he feel he, he's too intense? And if he wonders if he has to tone it down, quote, I've been coaching since I retired from football. So you got to understand this. With, this. with this group, I'm always going to remain the same. I'm always going to be loud. And I'm always going to be vocal. I'm always going to demand from our leaders. But on top of that, I'm watching everything. Body language, how we address in the huddle, how we're getting up to the line of scrimmage, how we're presenting ourselves. Those things are important because you got to send a message to the defense. I want our guys to clearly understand that we're not taking anything here for granted. Now, he continues a little bit. He talked for a little, but here's let me jump down a smidge. Um, he says you got it quote you guys have been here meaning the reporters uh you see me pull players onto the side and have long discussions with them just so we're all always on the same page. Eric Bienemy is who he is. This is we're in third person territory. Eric Bienemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Bienemy is a tough hard-nosed coach, but also understand I'm going to be their biggest critic, biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also their number one fan because I got their back. And I'm going to support them at all times. Now, he spoke for several minutes, so I don't want to give you everything here. But the point I, I think I would note here is when he talks about he is not going to change. Now, he's talked before, starting on his at his introductory press conference, about the idea that being getting people to be uncomfortable helps them move forward. Totally get that from a life perspective. And maybe there is some master plan here with that in mind. But for him to then say that he's not going to change right after the head coach um, says that the enemy is pretty seemingly pretty rigid in what he does. Whereas myself, a two-time head coach, Jack Del Rio, a two-time head coach, have learned to go through this process of adapting, adjusting, listening to the players and all that. Can be helpful. I think is pretty pretty interesting juxtaposition there. Um, if I were to go go any further in terms of speculation, it would just be that. But I, you know, as I've said, I think both of these things are super interesting. That Rivera revealed that players have come to him with these concerns, and that the players went to him with these concerns. Um, but that simultaneously, he then mentions that enemy maybe needs to adjust himself that this isn't just about the players uh, and, and using himself in Del Rio as an example. I, I think it's a very interesting deal. Now is the bigger question is what does it all mean? It's August 8th. I don't think it means that much. Now we don't know. I, at least I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Did something leak, you know, lead to this? Um, Will there be ramifications afterwards or world tomorrow, the world goes on, they go back to practice, be enemies yelling, finish, to the running backs and everything is back to normal we'll we'll see i i just think that it is an interesting moment for rivera to do this it's been a very quiet camp other than eric voice but i mean we've just been saying hey sam how getting better how does chase young look and you know emmanuel forbes and those kinds of things but um a very interesting moment in time for rivera and i will explain if you keep listening I will give you a little more behind the scenes look of what goes on, what what went on at practice after kind of all this happened that, that would lead me give more, even more evidence to the idea that this was not something said by mistake. Uh, So we'll get to that in a moment with Bram, Um, but just a couple other quick things though, before that, Logan Thomas out again today with a calf, uh, calf strain. This is the fourth straight practice he has missed. Needless to say, it's concerning, right? Because, you know Logan Thomas was coming back off of that ACL, um, you know surgery last year. Now I will say I did see Logan Thomas walking around after practice. He was uh, doing an interview, sort of in the in the area that the media tent is. Didn't notice anything in particular. He wasn't wearing any braces or wraps. So who knows? He could have he could have had an entire uh, Darth Vader costume on earlier, and he took it off. Uh, who knows? But just saying, he looked to be normal. But nonetheless. And Rivera is saying, look, we're going to take it easy. We're going to take it. We're going to be cautious. We don't want anything minor to become a bigger deal. So they're doing that. Um, meantime, Curtis Samuel, who at the beginning of the week, um, stayed out of practice uh, for a little bit for some tightness, was back out there today with in, in, in 11. So that's a good sign. Emmanuel Forbes as well. Sadiq Charles remains limited to only the install and drills part of it, not the 11s. Chris Paul has been running with the ones there. Uh, Rivera did suggest that those, aside from Logan Thomas, that those injured guys are probably trending towards playing. They are tonight, meaning Tuesday night, having a conversation among the coaches to determine what their plan will be for playing time. Maybe we'll have a field tomorrow. It's the last practice before they head off to Cleveland. So um, that is uh, what's going on there uh beyond that in terms of the actual play uh if you go on my twitter at ben standing you'll see a throw sam Howe made today to terry McLaurin. it was absolutely perfect uh hit him in stride down the sideline christian holmes was had really tight coverage on McLaurin, and ball was right there where it needed to be McLaurin makes the catch and all that and i uh, you know we could point to other throws where how misfired and all that but i i say that because you know, when the question of, well, how is Sam Howell doing? And I, I think I should have mentioned this earlier. I had a story up on the Commanders today. What have we learned about this team so far through, you know, midway through the, through training camp? I've talked about some of this here before, but I just think with Hal, you know, it's sort of this all or nothing deal with him. I don't know. Sometimes when people are asking me how he's doing or how is he looking, are they asking me from the perspective of, Hey, he's a young quarterback with one career start. How's he going? Or is it, hey, this team? Are we making a playoffs this year? We're we getting to have. We're we going to contend. What's going on? And I think these are very two very different things. But that's past, that I'm mentioning that wasn't the only good throw we had. But just mentioning this one in particular is that he can make some impressive throws. He does not seem to be afraid of the moment. Uh, and as Brent Bram mentioned, as we just talked, like he he may have some bad, a bad session, a bad day, but it doesn't repeat. He seems to be able to move on. And I think all that is very important, which isn't to say that he's going to come out and light it up or not have umpteen mistakes or that this team is going to be a 10 win team. But I do think Sam Howell has shown himself to be pretty good. I, I, I don't the idea of whether there's a competition or not a competition, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett has gotten some reps with the ones last two days. Rivera told us on Monday that, At some point he needed to get some work. And I think that's totally reasonable, but there is no sense of a real competition. And except to say that the competition has always been Sam Howe versus himself. As long as he didn't vomit all over himself on the field, he was going to be the starter and things continue to trend in that direction. Um, I'll get into some more, uh, some more of this, I'll see about if I can get another podcast in before uh Friday's game since it's only Tuesday. So plan on that, and I'll do hopefully, assuming nothing else comes up, do more of a position by position look at what's happening. And as I said, I plan on having a fifty three player projection up on Thursday morning. so make sure you check the athletic out for that. um by the way, I don't mention this all the time out here, but um you know, I still going on with our friend Kevin Sheen from the Team 980 Mondays and Fridays at 11 o'clock. Now, the times and the days have been off here because of practice, training camp, and vacation and things like that. But that will be the plan typically. I'm actually going on with Kevin tomorrow on Wednesday. But like I mentioned that I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Kevin's been very good to me. I, you know, happy if you listen to him as well when I'm on and when I'm not. Um, all right, let's get to it my conversation with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. Uh, I always, you know, I love talking football with Bram. I get to do it on the sideline a lot. And since something wacky happened today and he was there, I wanted to have somebody else to give their perspective on what they saw. Nobody else, nobody better than Bram. So let's do that right now here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right, as I said in the intro, weird day out of the commanders, probably the weirdest, oddest one since uh the sale went down and during this training camp and all that. Uh, here to help me figure out what the heck happened and why it happened. Voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, uh, hardest working man in show business. Bram, uh, thanks for, for the time. I guess just let me well, let's do it like this. I broke this down into some basic categories. First of all, hello. Let me just... it. There you go. Nice. I don't want people to think I'm just making this up. Um, look, I broke this down into some categories today. And we'll you can go, as I ask, go through, you can kind of take it as you want and, 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 and emphasize where you think is the most important things. So let's go with this. The highlight of the day, of course, the way this all got started, is Ron Rivera tells us... Don't know why, but he tells us that players <laughs> have come to him... <laughs> Uh-huh. expressing some concern over Eric Bieniemy's essentially his intense coaching style. And we were off from there. What did you make of th- that reveal? And I guess I'll phrase like this, big deal, little deal, no deal.
2: Uh, I wasn't sure initially because this happened at 840 in the morning and it felt like an overshare, to be honest. Like, you know, you don't normally hear that level of detail. Um, the idea that, that anyone should be surprised that that happened, I think is being a, you're not really paying attention. I mean, like for us that are out there every single day and, you know, see how intense Eric the enemy is the idea that maybe a couple people's feathers would get ruffled is not surprising to me. In fact, like day one, when he had the press conference, I remember talking to some people going, this is not going to be for everybody. Like I've had, you know, hard bosses before too. And this is just not going to be for everybody. This isn't the first time, though. You know, like I've been around the team and covered them professionally for a long time now. It's not the first time we've had you know a tough person come in in a position. Greg Williams comes to mind. Marvin Lewis comes to mind. Marty Schottenheimer, Kyle, and Mike Shanahan come to mind. Like so, there's been you know there's been a lot of hard coaching here. Um, we just haven't seen it. And you know, honestly, like is Jack Del Rio hard on the defense? I don't really know because he's not vocal about it. Is Ron harder than he lets on? I'm not really sure, but the team plays really hard for him. It's just so blunt and obvious, you know, when you watch the enemy during the practice sessions that he, you know, is going to make his voice heard. So I'm not surprised that there's like, that there's a few people asking questions about it or not taking to it entirely. I am a little surprised because they typically don't reveal things like that. And then, you know, it went through the media cycle. And I'll stop talking in a second because this is your show. Oh, you're good. (laughs) But yeah, but like then when it became apparent that he was holding his first press conference of training camp, I mean, it felt a little not that coincidental that that happened. So I don't know where you landed on all of that, but he was I didn't see him on Twitter during the practice. He was readily prepared to talk about all of this. So this feels a little Reminiscent of the Week One, take a shot at Jamin Davis on purpose, you know, and see what kind of reaction you get. And so I can't totally know whether this was done purposefully or not. And if it was, I do think the time of year was right to do it
1: for sure. Okay, so it sounds like you're saying it's it's like at least a little deal.
2: Yeah, it's a. Li- I mean, of course, it's a little deal because look what's happening. I mean, like every pu- it, it became. You know, national fodder, every pundit's talking about it. There are prominent people, you know, on national platforms calling the players soft. There are prominent people on national platforms asking why is the head coach revealing things like that? So sure, you know, like you know it's a news cycle, but it's one they created that wasn't dug up. It's one they created on their own behest, which is what's unusual. He offered information that typically is not offered. Um and I'm trying to figure out exactly why or what the purpose was. Um, but he did. And if it, it was either an overshare or a pointed criticism that he needed to get out there, then, you know, then th- that's all. I mean, I can't really judge which one it is, frankly, at this point. And I, they'd have to tell me which one it is. But it did feel a little coordinated by the end of the day. And it's not like they don't know what the blowback's going to be. And there is going to be blowback to stuff like this. And considering Vietnamese credentials, and the you know, stature around the league circles. I'm not surprised that most of the criticism was pointed directly at the team that ended up in fourth place in their division last year.
1: Yeah. I listened on my uh, drive home. Uh, I was flipping around the dial landed on a couple of national shows along with some of the locals and the national people, obviously they're just jumping into it. They don't really, they weren't there They're you know, and you could tell like they didn't really know where to go with this because it was so unusual Is Rivera calling out the players for being soft? Is he questioning the Why is he doing this? It's going to be kind of everywhere. And because of the commander's reputation over the last few years, regardless of Snyder being gone, it's like, well, what do they know? The he's the one that's winning Super Bowls. What do they know? I I will say this. I've seen some pushback on Twitter or I've I've had some people say to me, oh, he he must've said this sort of as a mistake. You mentioned the coordinated thing. That's for some information that people wouldn't know of unless you're out there. First of all, he said this at eight fifty in the morning. Practice then went until roughly eleven thirty. Yeah, that that that's a two. That's a three hour window, more or less, in which they could have at any point said, "Hey, just to clean, just to clean this up a little bit." It's Mm -hmm. not what he, he said. The wrong thing, whatever. Then, when practice was over ron did the rope line today was military appreciation day he did the rope line for several minutes talking to the media to to the military members we're all standing around there he then after that goes over to talk to some military people individually steps away from our tent media tent he then proceeds to do at least one interview maybe two in tent directly next to where we are at no point did he come over to any of us and say hey I'm hearing Twitter is going nuts because you guys correct ran with what what, what I said or whatever. None of that happened, so That's I right. think the idea that you, anybody who thinks this was not at least to some degree planned, I think you're missing the boat. The question is, which leads to the next part: Why is he? Why is he saying any right. of this? What, what What's your What's your guess on that?
2: Uh, because something clearly needed to be said. I mean, like a few days ago, the quote that really stood out to me when the offense was struggling was him saying they're going through some things. And I I didn't know really exactly what to make of that because Ron is sometimes, in my opinion, a little too vague and then sometimes pitch-perfect vague. And that one was one of them. I'll give you another example of this happening in the past. It didn't get run in the national media the way I thought it would because he didn't call anybody out by name. But a couple of years ago, when he was citing the maturity level of the defense we all knew exactly what he was talking about. And he actually said it around the same time in training camp, but because he didn't say specific names of specific players, it didn't get this kind of run that is happening right now. And then I think also the persona of the plays a huge role here, right? Like here's somebody who the national media has been hell bent and determined to find a head coaching job for, um, And is like, cannot come up with a reason why it has not happened on his behalf. I fall into that category, too, considering the amount of success that they've had. Um, And here he is with a different opportunity in a different place. And his credentials kind of speak for themselves. And so I think the because he's at the center of it, his coaching style is at the center of it. I think all of a sudden that was something that the media wanted to be attracted to and talk about. Right. So I think there's a lot of little things that happened all at once. Why did he say it? Obviously he said it because he felt a message needed to get across. And you're like, again, I'll go back to, I'm not surprised there are players that have questions about this because it is different than what it's been. It is hard coaching. I don't think any of this is personal. I just think he's someone who is very attention to detail oriented. He is hard on the players. Um, you know, you and I are around a lot. So we hear whispers about this guy doesn't like this or this guy doesn't like that. And I thought actually the way the enemy clearly when he did his press conference was completely prepared to talk about this, did not shy away from it, was not really defensive about it. He just explained what he's doing. And so that's why to me, I feel like they felt like something needed to be said. And you know what? Like, I I don't know who it is, who complained, I have no idea, you know, like, I don't even know what the complaints are about, you know, exactly, but doing it now before it becomes a bigger problem makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. And it does say that is a little bit of a deal because they did need to use us to send a message back to the locker room. And like, like Ron Rivera has been around the block too many times and has done this before to sit there and go, that was a slip of the tongue. I don't believe that. Like, I think a message was put out there purposefully for whatever reason, and I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it fractures anything. They haven't even played a preseason game yet, but clearly the offense, which was struggling early in camp, that's been admitted by them, but I actually think has performed a little bit better the last few days, you know, and hopefully is getting better, needed apparently some kind of kick in the pants to get everybody rowing the boat the same way again. And I I don't take issue with that on August 8th, Ben. I really don't. Like, I'm glad it's happening now, and it's not happening when it would matter. Like week three, and everybody's jumping ship because they're scared that the offense blew up, and they don't have time to change it fast enough. They're saying it now to get the people on board. And I I will frankly, too, and I don't know this for a fact at all, but to say something like this right now is a shot across the bow of, of the Mike Tomlin credo of, We don't have hostages here. We have volunteers. We're not making choices about anybody until the end of the month. But if you don't want to be here, say it to me now, say it to me now. And I don't know that it goes that far, but it has a tinge of that to me that if you really don't want to be here, you really don't like what's going on here. Maybe you should voice that to me. And I actually like I heard Rivera get a lot of criticism about the go talk to Eric about it. Um. I think that's exactly what he should have done. You have an issue with the offensive coordinator. Why are you running to the principal's office? Go talk to the offensive coordinator. He has the credentials. He's been empowered to run the offense. Talk to him about it. And I like the way enemy talked about it. He said, my door is wide open to you. I will explain to you why I am the way I am. And the truth is, I just want you to be great. And honestly, that's what I see. But I'm also not getting yelled at all day. So, So I get it. Like, this can be hard on some people that don't take to this style of coaching
1: so i want to get into a, a second interpretation i had of this but it's just to be clear it sounds like what you're thinking is that rivera's uh coordinated a, a plan to do something was about saying to the players hey if you have an issue go talk to him and like and if you do have an issue for real for real we can figure out a way to move you on you think that's more of the the reason I, why i mean- to do it?
2: That's a total guess to me. But, like, th- I mean, this part, like, to reveal this, to say that there is, you know, people that are asking questions about this and it is a little concerning, whatever, whatever that means exactly, you know, like, to what degree are, is there concern? And what are they asking for? Because he's not going to change and he's empowered to do the job. So, you know, I might be thinking way too much about this. This could just be, it's early in camp, you know, there are a couple weeks in the offense was struggling a little bit. It was obvious to any of us watching. Um, part of that might be the defense and part of that might be the offense is learning a lot and trying to figure this out and has some inexperienced players and potentially some weaknesses at some key spots on the team, right? All of that could all be true. All you right. know, and this very much could just be about guys, you know, everybody in this room we need, you know, and that means getting on board with what we're doing. And I know it's different and I know it's hard. But we scored 17 points a game last year. It was not enough. We had the top three defense and we finished eight and eight and one and played in a game in the finale that wasn't even to get into the playoffs. It's just not good enough. And the expectations have risen. And it could be as simple as that. Like, it's time to get on board with this. This is what we're doing. Get on board. But there is a part of me that goes, if you got a major problem with this, you better say it to me now because I want to know about it now and not in three, four weeks. So I may be thinking way too hard about it. I have a feeling it's just what Rivera did to the defense a couple of years ago, just a shot across the bow that it's time for everybody to get together and figure out a way to work together. And if there's an issue with some specific way that we're implementing this new system, talk to me about it, but it, it's time to get on the same page. I mean, I, I think it's as simple as that, but listen, You know, there's a big year for everybody. Everybody. They got to win. They got to look good doing it. They got to sell a plan to this new ownership group. Like, you know, the intensity should be up. Like, I know everybody's all happy that an ownership change has occurred and there's a big different feeling about the organization overall. But everybody who's working within this organization, Ben, is fully aware that they have to prove themselves. So right. I don't mind this, you know, from there, if you look at it from their perspective, while they're getting slapped on the back because Josh Harrison and this group came in and everyone's happy about it again, they're sitting there going, yeah, I'm happy for you. But if we don't perform to a degree that they think that we should be entrusted with the organization, they're going to make changes. And you know what? They, everybody should feel that pressure. Everybody should.
1: Um, all right. Well, let me ask you this So go. So Rivera's quote, everybody's focused on the player part, which is understandable, but, and he's, but the second half of his, answer, of his answer i thought was interesting as well and i i want to know what you think about maybe this was maybe the focus he after he says that he, he says that the players you know you got to you know talk to him whatever he says quote as a coach i kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everyone eric yeah. has an approach and it's the way he does things and he is not going to change because he believes in it which is what enemy himself said essentially Later, that look, I love these guys, but I'm not going to change who what I what I do. But then, but then Rivera continues. He mentions he, he brings up Jack Del Rio with this as well and says, Jack has his approach, having been a head coach. I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more, as opposed to, Hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Where Eric hasn't had that experience yet, yeah. And part of me wondered, and this is kind of what I wrote today, was that. It feels like to me, this part may be the bigger deal and would be wilder if it is. But that he's kind of saying, look, I kind of went out on a limb for you a little bit here. I brought you in to, to give these play calling. You're running the practices. You're doing all these things. Maybe it would make sense to listen to maybe the guidance that I've me as a two-time coach. Del Rio is a two-time coach and be a yeah. little more flexible. Instead, the enemy comes in and says, hey, this is how I'm going to roll. And Rivera said that as well. So to me, I kind of thought this part might be the potentially the more of the smoking gun, red flag, whatever you want to say. What do you kind of make of that?
2: Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, again, like, remember, like all the national media is just aghast at the idea that he hasn't been a head coach yet. And I, I don't really know the reasons why, you know, and I think there's a lot of reasons why, but I don't know what they are. And considering the success, you know, I also kind of don't get it. And especially considering how many coordinators worked under Andy Reid and have gotten head coaching opportunities, it doesn't totally make sense. Um, That said, like, you know, like, again, I've seen a lot of different styles of coaches come in and head coaches come in. And, you know, I I remember, you know, at the end when Joe Gibbs decided to retire and I was still covering the team, Greg Williams had been defensive coordinator and Greg Williams. You know, I, I hate to compare people, but like similarly loud, aggressive, um, has high expectations, very demanding of his players. Players love him. You know, I'm seeing this with the enemy too. The players love him. Like Tyreek Hill came out in favor of him. Pat Holmes has said great things about him. It's like the players love him, but it's tough love. It really is. It's tough love. And I remember when Gibbs retired that like, you know, he, and I don't want to speak for Joe Gibbs, but like it was pretty clear that he didn't necessarily recommend Greg Williams to be his successor at the time. And I have to think that some of that might have to be with the personality of the head coach may have to be a little bit different at times. And I I think all he was saying was, you know, like sometimes you learn over experience, especially when you're in charge of the whole thing, you do have to read the room a little bit. And I also read it as maybe a minor criticism that he just hasn't had the experience of doing that part of the job. And Ron seems to be very adept at most of that, at reading the room with people and the players seem to largely, you know, understand whatever his rules and regulations are and wh- how he wants them to play. But there might be a, just a touch of a softer touch at times. And there doesn't seem to be much of a softer touch that said again, again, Like, I want to go back to, you know, he was hired here. Why was he hired here? Because this team has been in the bottom third offensively for years. Um, They have pro bowl caliber players at skill positions like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and others, and they can't score more than 17 points a game. The, this change was necessary. Now, whether it had to be him or somebody else, a change was necessary. Here's somebody who comes in off of being in a Super Bowl three of the last four years and we're questioning his tactics, you know, like I, I hear you. And I also like, I'm I'm kind of team B enemy by the end of all of this, because I don't see why at this juncture, it's such a problem. But I, but I do hear out and I do hear what you, and I read that too. And I was, that one was a little bit, you know, like, wow, it is a touch of a criticism of the next job for you. You might have to have a little bit more of a cognizance of bedside manner if you want to succeed at it. But that's not where you are right now, and that's not why you're here right now. And maybe it's just a learning experience for you, too. But them, it, the whole thing, the whole idea of everyone's getting accustomed to one another is not surprising to me. That was day one, what he said was going to happen, and I'm not surprised.
1: For, for, for sure. All right, I got to let you go in a second. I'll give you three questions. You just give me the very quick uh, answer. Uh, Twitter size or whatever we're calling it, X answer, I don't know, really quick. Sam Howell, now that you've watched him for a couple of weeks, are you, uh, relative to where you started with him, are you more optimistic, less optimistic, or about the same?
2: Uh, More optimistic. And the the reason why is two things. One, um, I like the way he throws on the run, and specifically to the left, which is actually unusual. And so I like some of the skill set part of it. But the thing that really stands out to me about him so far, and again, he hasn't he hasn't lost a game yet, so I don't know how he's going to react after losing a game. But he's had a couple of bad days, like the offense has had a couple of really bad days. But he's had specifically a couple of bad days. They never stack. They never stack. I don't see it. Like he has a bad day, it, it doesn't affect him the next day. I've seen this a million times with other players. You know, especially like early in camp, you'll see guys like young guys. You'll be like, I like him, and I've, I've got names of guys that I like too. But I'm, I'm always hesitant to go, I'm like him right now. Let me see in two weeks, can he keep doing this? Because the attrition of keeping up at this pace, at, the, at this level, is very hard to do for everybody. So far on that with him, if this speaks, it's early. It's so early. But to me, it speaks volumes of his maturity. Like he has a bad day. It does not bother him. He doesn't stack up bad practice after bad practice. And over the last few days, frankly, I have seen improvement. So when Biennium... Was talking about that today as part of the, you know, the press conference he had. I agreed. Like I've seen it get a little bit better. I think it has a long way to go. And I honestly don't know what it's going to look like at the beginning of the season. Um, but I am optimistic that one, it's getting better, and two, that Sam Howell is the right choice to start at quarterback for them as of today.
1: Your favorite sleeper. Somebody you, you you know you feel like you're Magellan. You've discovered you really like this person. Who's that person for you in camp? Uh, you want three young
2: names that I like a lot.
1: Whatever you, you want, young
2: name. You want young names or like a veteran that I
1: like? I want with. the what gets you
2: hot and bothered. Boy, I know everybody's talking about um, Emmanuel Forbes, but I love the camp Benjamin St. Juice is having. So I, I love what I see from him. Like he he's making plays on the ball, which is what he did not do in the past. So, like, they brought in Forbes to do that. If St. Juice and Curl are going to start doing stuff like that too, the defense might really ascend to the places I think it possibly could because of all the speed on the back end and the front four looking the way they look. Uh, for young guys, uh, so far, I like the seventh-round pick, um, Andre Jones, the uh, the rush end. Yep. He's kind of stood out to me. Um, it would be hard to make the team and hard to play with the defensive line the way it is, but I do like him. Um, I, like everybody else, think they have a find in this undrafted free agent guard, uh, Mason Brooks. And considering um, that's a need position and one that's unsettled for sure, he, he like looks like the type of guy that he could be playing at some point and potentially be a starter down the line for them. That's the look he gives to me. But again, it's early. And um, a guy who will never play but stands out to me in practice constantly because of how deep the defensive line is, is this guy Brendan Potoai out of Washington who was on the team last year and he wins one-on-ones every single day. So like if he was a primary backup, I'm like, they're in good shape, but they're so deep along the defensive line. I don't know how he cracks into the roster, but he's another one that stands out to me for sure.
1: And uh, I prepped you for this question earlier today, your favorite name as the voice of the commanders (laughs) to to say say, uh, uh, during a broadcast, who's your, you just mentioned a good one, although I don't know if he's going to be playing, What's that? What's your favorite name? Oh, man.
2: Uh I love saying Montez Sweat. I don't know. There's something about saying Montez Sweat, especially when he makes a big play. It just it, like it feels good to emphasize sweat, you know, yeah. when you say it. Yeah. And uh uh Jahan Dotson has a name that sounds like a sleek automobile to me. So there's something about saying his name that I really like also saying.
1: Uh, Those are all, the two. We all aspire to to, to to own a sleek automobile, but if not, we sound like one. That That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, yeah. Bram, you rule anything you need to tell the world about uh all things Bram Weinstein?
2: Uh well, first preseason game is Friday night against the Browns. It'll be me, Julie Donaldson, and London Fletcher back in the booth. Uh fourth season for me, uh, second for London, uh, fourth for Julie as well. I'm pumped to get the season going. I'm I'm, I'm I've been, I mean, I know we had the long conversation about what was a really weird day, but I'm still pretty bullish about the defense. I think this team's better than the national pundits say. And I'm very excited to see what does the momentum of the fan base, how does that carry over if they can get off to a decent start this year? So I'm really, I'm pumped, you know, for the season. And and I think what happened with the enemy, you know, whether it was a plant or not, a plant is going to whisk away in the news cycle in the next couple of days.
1: At real Bram W on whatever we're calling Twitter these days. Uh, yeah. Bram, appreciate it. I will see you out there presumably tomorrow and uh, we'll see what, see what happens all right see you there thanks man yep all right uh big thanks to bram for his time thanks to everyone here as well um uh, let's uh let's do this again this week and then uh we'll talk after the game on friday as well but that is it for now uh ben standing signing off and before i potentially call the kerfuffle i'll just say see ya